Let's go out to the central time zone, Oshkosh, Wisconsin, and talk to Ryan Alred, who completed his doctoral dissertation at UConn in communication studies, and he is examining how the presence of a cell phone causes individuals to feel snubbed by their conversation partners. It is called fubbing. Ryan, good to have you joining us for this morning. When did you first get interested in this concept of fubbing? Good morning. Thank you for having me on today. Yeah, that's a great question. I remember when I was a teenager, the little flip phones were the new fad. So all my friends had nice little flip phones. And I remember a day when they invited me out to play basketball with them. And I realized about halfway through that I was the only one playing basketball because they were all over on the sidelines on their little phones texting people, which is good. It's great that they were able to text other people. But I also realized that they were missing out on important conversations that they could have been having with each other and the opportunity to play basketball with me, of course. Uh, So it made me wonder how are cell phones being used as tools to help us communicate but then at the same time, it may be inhibiting us from communicating in face-to-face interactions. I mentioned your doctoral dissertation in communication studies. When you were giving that doctoral presentation, were the folks you were giving it to kind of intrigued by this? I got to think that's something different than they normally hear in doctoral dissertations. Yeah, it was a little bit unique because when I was giving my presentation, we were in the middle of covid And so it was all online, so it was a little bit weird to talk about how technology can sometimes hurt communication while also using technology to help us have communication. So, yeah, it was definitely an exciting thing to talk about because we all have cell phones. It's something we're all familiar with, we're comfortable with them, but I think we just don't often think about how they're affecting us in these small ways uh, just because we don't often uh, experience that ourselves. I think in 2021, we all kind of know what the experience is. Maybe until this morning, we didn't know what it was called. I discovered that the term fubbing, P-H-U-B-B-I-N-G, first appeared in 2012, but it's ignoring someone by focusing on your phone. So how do you study this? Well, we have a couple ways that we look at it. Uh, The most popular way is to bring participants into our lab. So I have a little lab space. I've set it up like a living room, and I invite people to bring in their romantic partners or their friends and invite them to just come have conversations in my space. And then I measure whether or not they pull out their phones. I look at how long they're on their phones. Uh, Sometimes we'll call one of the participants in the middle of their conversation, and then after they're done with their conversation, we just ask them to fill out short surveys uh, about their experience of how satisfied they were, how connected they felt with their partner, uh, and the different emotions that they experienced when their partner pulled out their phones. What exactly is a communication inhibitor? Great question. So I like to look at things that stop people from communicating when they want to communicate something. So that would be a communication inhibitor, something that is stopping someone from sharing information when they feel like they want to, but maybe there's something holding them back. And so in this situation, subbing or pulling out your phone acts as a communication inhibitor because it tells the other person you're not listening, that you're not engaged in the conversation, and it sort of shuts down their willingness to communicate. All right. If you were to text me, my phone would not squawk, not just because I have the ringer turned off right now. I have notifications turned off. I don't need to get that sound when somebody texts me. 
if I look at my phone, yeah, it'll show up on the screen. So that's kind of how I know. In fact, some of my weather watchers text me information in the morning, and that's what I relate on the radio. But that's another level, in my opinion, of fubbing. There are times you're having a conversation with somebody, maybe in the car, maybe just on the street, masked up, of course. And then did it. that little notification comes up and your conversation comes to a screeching end. And that person then has to address the phone. That's a big part of what you're talking about, isn't it? Absolutely. And it actually goes even deeper than that. We are, we've trained our brains to listen for that sound so much that now we've assigned a portion of our brains to constantly be listening for our phone. So even when it's not buzzing, we are paying attention to it in, in anticipation that a buzz might come in. So you're absolutely right. So as soon as that buzz comes in, our focus, we've trained our brains to turn our focus to our phones. All right, Ryan, inquiring minds want to know, what about your phone? If I were to text you right now, or maybe in an hour from now, would your phone make a sound? Or are you like me? You don't have that notification, but it would perhaps show up on your screen. Yeah, I do not have sounds on my phone. Um, I also take off all of the entertainment aspects of my phone. So my phone is just a phone. It allows me to make phone calls and send text messages, um, and I take off pretty much everything else. Now, wait a minute. What's wrong with the entertainment aspects of your phone? I got a couple of those little games on there. When I got nothing going on, I can kind of occupy myself with that. It's there for a reason. You don't buy into that, huh? I don't know that it's a problem to have games on your phone. I just found that for me, when I w- whenever I felt bored, I was had the tendency to turn towards my phone to fill in that boredom. Um, and the research also is pretty clear that when we do that, we actually end up being more bored in the long run. So I just don't want to train my mind to turn towards my phone whenever it has nothing else to do. I want to train it to look for other opportunities, specifically in other communication opportunities. Let me step back to the big picture here, Ryan, that you uh, completed your doctoral dissertation in 2020 at UConn, and now you're in Oshkosh, Bagosh. Connect the dots. What took you to Oshkosh? Yeah, so after finishing my degree, I decided I wanted to stay in academia. I wanted to teach, but also continue this research. And Oshkosh offered me a nice position here at this university that allowed me to focus on teaching, which is what I truly enjoy while also staying up to date on my research. Uh, so it's a great chance for me to uh, both build relationships while still exploring these unique concepts. And in those classes, is fubbing discussed? Absolutely. Yeah, we talk about this all the time, and I love hearing the new generation's perspective on it uh, because a lot of them have had phones their entire life. And so this is something they're familiar with, something they've experienced a lot, and I think something they're committed to learning how to uh, overcome so that they can use their technology in healthy ways without having it destroy their relationships. Ryan, compare and contrast Stores, Connecticut to Oshkosh, Wisconsin. They're, they're both kind of small towns. Is there some similarity there? Yeah, lots of similarity in terms of community. I feel like both of them have a lot of good people who are willing to get involved and help one another. Weather-wise, has been fairly similar. A uh, little bit colder perhaps here just because I'm right next to a lake that blows over cold weather. Uh, but, no, in terms of uh, community, it's been great having the similarity there. Yeah, do you spend much time on Lake Winnebago? I do, yeah. I love it out there, especially now where it's frozen. I find that the entire community here in Oshkosh has just moved out onto the lake. You go out there and they've got roads on the ice. They've got little shacks set up for everybody's out there doing their fishing right now. And they have a big air show in Oshkosh. But I'm guessing in your limited time there, you have not had a chance to take part in that. No, especially where they canceled it with COVID. So I missed that the first year. Hopefully they'll bring it back soon so I can check it out. If you can't tell, 
I've been to Oshkosh, Bagosh, because it's right down the road on the lake from Appleton and Grand Chute, which is where the Division Three Baseball World Series is played. ECSU Baseball has been there several times, including 2002 when they won their fourth and last NCAA championship. I didn't really get out and look around Oshkosh, but I drove by it and actually talked about it on the radio a little bit. So is there a connection between fubbing and distracted driving? Uh I don't know that there's a connection there other than the fact that when we get so dependent upon being on our phones, we develop what we're, what we're calling cell phone addiction or just the tendency to the, – the, the need to be on our phone all the time. And that comes with numerous uh, implications, including the tendency to text while we're driving, including uh, losing sleep because we're on our phones more than we should, including increased anxiety for individuals who spend more time on their phone. So, yeah, I I imagine there is a connection, not one that I've looked at specifically. Expand upon that anxiety concept. How does being on your phone more increase anxiety? Well, I think what we are seeing here is not so much that the phone is causing the anxiety, but by being addicted to our phones, it's stopping us from doing other things that help us manage our anxiety. So it's stopping us from being productive. It's stopping us from having other healthy relationships. And that is uh, taking away our ability to manage the emotions that we're having and causing us to feel increased anxiety. So we are seeing uh, whether or not it's addiction to phone, we're seeing that the more time people spend on their phones, the more that they are reporting anxiety. And it may also just be the reverse of that. It might just be that individuals who have more anxiety are spending more time on their phone because it makes them feel more comfortable uh, than going out and doing other things. Let's return from Oshkosh to stores and tell me what you learned from Ron Rohner, professor of human development and family sciences at the University of Connecticut. Interpersonal acceptance and rejection theory was one of his ideas. Absolutely. Yeah, Dr. Rohner was nice enough to sit in on my dissertation committee and help me out with my research. So the interpersonal acceptance and rejection theory looks at how children's perceptions of their parents' acceptance or rejection changes their views of themselves as they grow up and then has an impact on the types of relationships that they develop when they're adults. So what we looked at when I was working with Dr. Rohner was how do parental fubbing affect children's perceptions of rejection. And we found that the more children remembered their parents being on their phones, the more children reported feeling rejected by their parents, which led to a number of things, including the child developing more likelihood of being addicted to their own phone, of the child being more likely to fub in their relationships, um, as well as children developing what we call rejection sensitivity. And this is the concept that the theory suggests when children experience rejection from their primary caregivers as children, they develop this tendency to look for, for signs of rejection from other people so that even when their friends or their colleagues or their future romantic partners are not rejecting them, these individuals who have developed rejection sensitivity recognize or feel rejected from other people simply because they've developed this tendency to look for signs of rejection. And this has to be a relatively new field, Ryan, in the sense that a generation ago, the parents now who may be ignoring their kids because they're more attracted to their phones didn't deal with that with their parents a generation ago. So this is a relatively new study. Absolutely. And this is something that we're learning. We have 
nobody has had a cell phone their entire life. We haven't seen anybody who cell phones were around when they were babies all the way up until they were uh, older adults. And so we're still learning about how this is affecting our communication and how it's affecting our relationships. And also it, it helps us realize we need to be forgiving in these situations because we're, we're all still learning. We don't know what the effects are yet. Um, and so, yeah, maybe our parents use their phones around us, but I think it's a little bit harsh for us to be judgmental of them because they're also trying to negotiate this new digital world. How about the impact of fubbing on face-to-face conversations? It blocks important nonverbal cues like eye contact and touch that are needed for successful communication. Absolutely. We are finding that when individuals communicate face-to-face, they rely heavily on nonverbal cues to see how the other person is responding to their messages and to make psychological connections with one another. So things like eye contact, head nods, maybe tilting your body towards the other person. And we're finding that pulling out a cell phone blocks these nonverbal cues. So it inhibits their ability to send and receive nonverbal messages. So even though they might be listening as they are looking at their phone, they're missing out on other nonverbal cues that block the psychological connection that they could be making. Do you find a trend that couples who fub more tend to have less successful relationships? That tends to be the trend. However, I will note that the, the main factor here is whether or not they're violating the expectations of the relationship. So we find that when couples sit down and have a conversation about cell phone usage and they follow the rules that they set for themselves, then it doesn't become as much of a problem. But when they are using their phone, when their partner doesn't want them to be using the phone, when they're doing it in situations that maybe break those expectations they have in the relationship, then it becomes very problematic. Absolutely. In essence, pulling out your phone during a conversation is equivalent to turning your back on someone while they are talking to you. Is there a connection between fubbing and you in your shop? (laughs) Absolutely. So I love to share this analogy with my students. I like to think of my phone as I do with any of my other tools out in my shop. I love spending time out in my shop. I love building things. Um, I love playing with my saws and my drills. Uh, And although I'm not afraid of using those power tools, I do have some level of respect towards them. Uh, I realize that they could cause harm if I use them inappropriately. And so I feel like it's important for us to approach our phones in a similar way. They are wonderful tools. They can do a lot for us. But if we use them mindlessly or we aren't aware of uh, the effects that they might have, then they could have negative effects on our mental health and on our relationships. And that's why I think it's so important to learn how to use them as tools rather than being controlled by them. Ryan, are you on an island there on Lake Winnebago or are other people studying this? I've never heard of a study like this before. It seems quite unique. It is actually pretty cool to find that this is a global phenomenon right now. And so although it's, it is new, so there's not a lot of research, we're seeing studies come out of all over the world. So I see, have a lot of colleagues in China who are studying this. saw a new study come out this morning actually from Bangladesh of individuals looking at how fubbing affects uh, church attendance. And within the states, there are still a handful of scholars looking at this as well. So there's not a lot yet. But it is growing and growing, and and it's cool to see how all around the world people are recognizing we need to learn how to use our phones better. So now that we've identified what fubbing is, what are your suggestions for individuals listening now? A couple of things that I like to do myself that I have found improve 
the, my approach to seeing my phone as a tool is to first make a plan before I unlock my phone and then stick to it. That might be I know I'm going to unlock it and spend five minutes scrolling through Facebook or I'm going to unlock it and send this text message. Whatever the plan is, I think it's important to have a plan and then stick to that plan. The other thing I do is, as I mentioned, is I review, remove anything that uh, I find I'm using as a crutch. So if I'm ever in an awkward conversation and I find I go to my phone uh, as to find a certain app as a crutch, or if I'm just bored and so I'm going to my phone because I'm bored, I try to remove anything that makes it a crutch for me. And then I think the most important suggestion within your relationships is to set clear expectations for f phone usage. Sit down and talk about when it's appropriate to pull out, pull out a phone. When we're watching a movie together, it's okay. But when we're having dinner together, it's not okay. Um, and then talk about what it means when you pull out your phone. Some people feel completely rejected by it. Other people maybe just recognize that you have other people you want to reach out to. So it's important to discuss what it means when you pull out your phone so that way the communication is consistent across you and your partner. Right. I have to admit I've never had a plan when I went to use my phone. I use my phone, I'll check an email or I'll check the weather or something like that. Plan? i I, I got to change my approach on phone usage. Hey, uh, you know, we got a, the basketball capital of the world up the road here at the University of Connecticut, but actually Wisconsin Oshkosh, where you are, they're a pretty good Division Three program in a lot of sports, aren't they? They are, and unfortunately they've been shut down most of the time I've been here, but I have had a few athletes in my classes, and it's been cool talking to them and learning about uh, their approach to athlete, athletics here. I mentioned ECSU baseball's trips to the Division Three World Series in Appleton, Wisconsin. It's Wisconsin Oshkosh that is the host institution for that. And when Eastern made its first ever trip to the World Series, it was the NAIA in 1973. They finished number two, thanks to a guy named John Canera. Their very first World Series game was against Wisconsin Oshkosh, and yes, Canera beat Oshkosh by a 9-4 to score. Ryan, this was lots of fun. It was certainly different. Thank you for joining me this morning. Thank you so much. Ryan Allred, Assistant Professor in Communication Studies at the University of Wisconsin Oshkosh, as he did his doctoral studies at the University of Connecticut, discussing fubbing, ignoring someone by focusing on your phone. On 14 WILI Willimantic and 95.3 FM.